Welcome to Local Matters this afternoon on this Monday afternoon. As always, we're delighted that you're joining us. I have with me today, this afternoon here in the studio, Mr. Edward Philpo. Hi, Edward. Good morning, Mama. Can I call you Mama on the radio? You can call me Mama, but don't tell me good morning. It's afternoon, remember? I'm a chef. I can't keep up with time. You've been to the restaurant before, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. You're right. You are a chef, and it gets real. I'm just going up. It just gets real confusing, I know. But anyway, uh, your name, Philpo, P-H-I-L-P-O-T, I'm familiar with for many, many years because your grandmother and grandfather were quite uh, important in the educational system, not only at Tennessee Tech, but here in Putnam County. Yeah, my grandmother actually taught at Central High School. She did, and mm-hmm. I had her for health class. Oh, with her big red hair and her high yeah, heels? Yeah, always, always. You know, when I see what, <laughs> what teachers wear today, it kind of surprises me uh, because your grandmother, she had very large hair, and it was red, deep red, and uh, she always wore high, high heels Yep, every day. No such thing as seeing Mrs. Philpo in a pair of pants. Yeah. She wore high heels so long that she had to, when she retired, mm-hmm. she had to continue wearing high heels because her Achilles tendon had shrunk and she couldn't wear flats. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I believe that. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly believe that. And your grandfather, Dr. Philpo, taught at Tennessee Tech and he had quite a reputation. He did. And he wore high heels so long. <laughs> That he, too, after retirement – no, he didn't. I'm just playing. He was a professor at – he taught uh, electrical engineering. And he was hard. He was uh, He was tough, tough bird, yeah. was he? Yeah. But you didn't see him in that respect, did you? No, yeah. he uh, – he, I think that – I think us kids brought out a side in him that a lot of people didn't oh, really sure. really know existed. Right. And his whole motto – he had this motto, we would be – whatever we were doing – he would always sing this little song, take it slow and easy. And everybody would look at him kind of like, who in the, is this, is this, is this Dr. C.P. Philpo? Dr. C.P. Philpo. And it that's was. Right. That's, that's very interesting. But I knew both of them. And then um, their son, your dad, married Jillian yep. or Jill. And she was British. Extremely British. Yes, she had a beautiful British accent, and I always love to. Uh, you have your younger, well, it's your only sister, but Elizabeth is the same age as my daughter, and they were in band together and all that kind of stuff. And I loved to hear Jill talk. Yeah, I didn't. You didn't? No. Well, I, I like I love to hear her talk, but I didn't love to hear her yell. Oh, did she yell at you a lot? Oh yeah. Well, no wonder. It was my fault. <laughs> I know you have a twin. I do, Paul. Uh, Paul Philpo, and he's yeah. in Texas. Arlington, Texas, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, you have an older brother, too. Mm-hmm. I know that. Ian. Ian, that's right. Well, now, there's something, maybe a lot of people know you or know of you, but you are, among many other things which we'll touch upon today, you are a self-taught shelf. For the most part. I didn't attend... Like a culinary school, per se? Well, you attended Jill Philpo's School of Culinary Arts, would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that started pretty early. Yes, your mom was a fabulous cook. She so really was. Better than did. I'll ever be. Well, I don't know about that, but you're pretty daggum good. Well, yeah, uh, nobody cooks like Mama. Well, absolutely. Nobody <laughs> cooks like Mama. That's true. Uh, but anyway, you you were very young when you got you, Paul, and Ian all. Mm-hmm. Were interested, got interested in the food industry, did you not? 
Yeah, and you know, in the in when we were little, we didn't understand that it was food that we were interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested in the process, and and so was my brother Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, we were part of my mother my mother's catering business that she ran out of her home for years and years, and she developed a, quite a name for herself. And we ended up. I think my mother kind of adapted the attitude that if we were old enough to start asking questions, we were probably old enough to help. Yeah. So we. <laughs> And I think that's good. Oh, you know, you, you get to get get kids involved, keep them off the streets, find things for them to do that requires their mind and their hands. And and we did that. But I didn't understand when I was so enthralled with it that that it was that it was a process of food mm-hmm. that I was I, to me. It was just something to keep me busy because my mind was. That doesn't can, surprise me. It was. A, yeah, it was kind of all over the place. But, um, yeah, we started out real little. Um, she had a restaurant when. Paul and I were probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 Now, she had a restaurant over on, it faced, uh, well, it was between Jefferson and and Washington Avenue, back in there where Big O' Donuts is now. Yeah. I don't remember. Was it called Jillian's? It was called Jillian's Fine Foods. Okay. Well, yes, and I ate there. Used to love to go to lunch there. It was cool. It was the coolest spot. Yeah, and there's an embroidery if you're driving down Jefferson, or, well, either one, Jefferson or Washington. It's, Mm -hmm. It's right Right there with the big old donuts. It's yep. the embroidery shop faces Washington now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yep. and so you and your brothers, your twin and and uh, your older brother, decided to branch out a little bit. Your mom died at a very uh, early age. Yeah, she was in her early early mid fifties. She was fifty. I always get it confused because it's not something that you want to remember. Exactly. She was fifty six, I think. Right. Um. Right. Way too young. Yes. And I think and, you know, looking back, if you, you start thinking about the medical advances and things like that, she'd probably if she had developed that today, she'd probably still be. Alive. She died from cancer. She did. Yes. Yeah. Um, always tragic to me. We've come a long way with medicine, but we still got a long way to go. Yeah. But anyway, you and your two brothers decided you were going to uh, was this before your mom died or after? She passed. It was a result of her being in the process of, of okay. doing so. Okay. So she was sick by the time you you three decided you were really going to branch out. Right. Yeah. See, she was diagnosed, and then and then they got rid of it, so mm. to speak. Okay. And uh, about five years later, she was diagnosed again, and they called her on the phone and said, well, Jill, you've got, you've got about nine months to live. Two. And, I mean, how do you do that over the telephone? Really? But they, but they did, and she was a tough bird. She, you know, she she, she, was. she hung the phone up, and she was like, "Well, I'm going to live nine months. You know, I'm going to make the most <laughs> of these nine months." Her. And she did well in the process. We didn't, we weren't as cavalier about it because sure. we were losing, it's we were losing mama. our mother. You know, she yeah. knew where she was going, so she was pretty solid. Yeah, um, and we did too. And you take comfort in knowing that they've lived a good life and they've been a good person. And right, sure. they're going to go to heaven and and spend eternity and. You know, where everybody hopes to go. Exactly. But, you know, we were young. We were losing. Well, I'm sure you suffered some anger issues. I I never was mad. Really? Uh Uh-uh. You don't get mad too often, though. I know you. Well, I don't get mad about – I don't get mad about the process of somebody living a really good life Mm -hmm. and then then that life coming to an end because I've always always had the opinion that there are no guarantees how long we're going to be on earth. Right. So I've always felt like be as good as you can, do what you can. And then when our time comes, we might get hit by a bus or we might get hit by cancer. And one of them is instant. One of them might take five years or five months or whatever. 
But I can't get mad about that process because that's God's will. Yeah, well, so, great attitude, Edward. Great attitude. Thanks. But in this process that your mother was going through, you all decided to. What was your dream? We we didn't have one. <laughs> it's it's not as uh, clear cut as as I would like for people to think it is. We we had all gotten together. My brother Paul came back from Texas when he found out that mom was you know she was dying essentially. Mm-hmm. And we were in Ian's living room one night or his kitchen or somewhere, and we had had some adult beverages. <laughs> adult beverages. Adult beverages. We were drinking okay. beer. Okay. Uh-oh. Because we were, you know, we were self-medicating. We were having a hard time. We were sure trying to were. figure out how to how to come back. We, You know, we had all split up as kids, and we were trying to figure out how to come back together and be adults mm-hmm. together for mom and for dad. So, we, you know, we were we were bonding Okay, yeah, Over. We'll, okay, we'll call it bonding. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, one night we had had, I don't know, three or 12 beers. <laughs> three or 12, yeah. woof, and, okay. And my brother Paul said, he said, man, Walling is, you know, it's a sleepy town. It was much sleepier before the it's fog. It's Walling, ride. Tennessee that's over in uh, White County. White County, right on the edge of White County, mm-hmm. southern White County. Yeah. Right on the edge of Rock Island. State Park which now. is Which is Warren County. Yep. Um. But anyway, he said, man, Walling is, there's nothing going on here. I know what Walling needs. And I'm thinking, you know, I've been around Paul for a long time. Yeah. Oh, so I can life, only huh? imagine this was going to get kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, man, I'll, I'll buy it. What is Walling? He said, man, Walling needs a restaurant. And I said, Walling needs a thousand things before it needs a restaurant. And I said, besides, there's one down the road, Rock Island Market. And he said, no, not a market. They do a good job. They do hamburgers. They, you know, they do. And they do a good job. Yep. But he said, we want to have, let's do really cool food. Uh, what's cool food? That's, you know, it's pretty broad, isn't it? Absolutely. He said, with a really cool place. And that's even, it's even more broad. People have been <laughs> more places than Arlington, Texas and Cookville, Tennessee, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I said, nope, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do it. I've already, you know, I had a decent job and I had some really great job offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in kind of a transitional period of my, I was learning how to not be a kid and trying to get to where I wanted to be an adult Sure. and I still haven't figured that part out. The kid part's over, <laughs> but he, he said, uh, he said, man, let's just do it. And I said, no, I'm not into it. Well, the next morning we were looking at what would soon become the first fog light food house, which was just up the road from where Ian lived okay. in Wally. at the time, yeah, at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you couldn't walk on the floors without falling through them. And I said, it was a shack. Okay. Yeah, it really was. It really, yeah. So the 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 dream wasn't to open and operate a restaurant. It was more, it was more of a well. It was really just a pursuit to sort of escape the fact that once mom's gone, you know, she was kind of the glue. She was like mm-hmm. the familial glue. Once she's gone, then we're going to have to continue figuring out how to get along as adults and and be without mom. And now we're going to have to be the now we got to be the grown-ups. Yep. So we got all grown up, and three months later, we opened the fog light, January twenty third of ninety seven. And it's still going strong. Got a brand new place now. It overlooks the Caney Fork. Yep, stronger than ever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, talking today with Edward Philpo, chef extraordinaire, I should say. Ooh, I like uh, that. You like that? Say it again. Edward Philpo, chef extraordinaire. <laughs> you like that, Edward? <laughs> now just tell my wife that a few times. 
She knows it. She ah, just she with, doesn't know it. Yes, she does too. She just doesn't <laughs> want you to know it. So we're going to take a break now, Edward. Stay with us, and we'll be back in a second. Welcome back to Local Matters, talking with Edward Filpo today. Uh, I said uh, before the break I called you um, Chef Extraordinaire, which I will maintain that belief from Thank now you. on. Thank you. And uh, But I also, uh, just to get off the topic of, of cooking, we'll get back to it, but uh, you're also a fly fisherman. I am. And you lo- who taught you to do that? I tried it on my own. Did you? And it was one of the most frustrating <laughs> practices of futility I'd ever experienced. <laughs> and uh, my wife, my sweet wife, Pam, mm-hmm. had the idea that I should take a class. So... Uh, it was my brother-in-law, Lance, and my father-in-law, Mike Reed, mm-hmm. and and me. We all went to the Smoky Mountains, and I went to the uh, to a fly shop there mm-hmm. where they do an Orvis-sponsored, or it's not sponsored, anyway, a uh, fly fishing class. Mm-hmm. And you have to, these people, they're, they're all certified instructors and casting and all this other kind of stuff. So I took a two-day class, and the first day was classroom time, which sounds kind of boring. Mm-hmm. For good reason. It's it's hard to. <laughs> it was boring. <laughs> it's hard to take a class on fishing. Yeah. And then the next day we went and we spent, you know, the better part of the day in the river. So I actually took a class on on tying different knots and what flies to use and how to read the water and how to cast and you know different st- mm. cast uh, casting styles and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but they you know uh, so many schools like that like fly fishing school cooking mm-hmm. school. Uh, art class, things like that. They don't teach you how to be an artist. They don't teach you how to be a fly fisherman. They don't teach you how to be a chef. They teach you how to become what you're, you know, they give you a foundation. Right, right. So the majority of what I learned about fly fishing, I learned in the river. Um, and from, you know, I looked in some magazines and learned different little techniques of reading the river and where the fish like to lay out and what they eat and when they eat and when they don't and all this kind of stuff. But um, I did teach myself how to tie flies, and that's probably for you. That's probably as satisfying as actually, as fly fishing. I think so. But you, uh, I know your brother Paul, mm-hmm. and you take fishing trips. Just the two of you, I suppose. That's a continuing bonding thing. With, it is with twins. It is. And uh, but I also think it it it's a stop. It's a slow you down because mm-hmm. I know you go at a breakneck speed pretty yep. much all the time. And you're always saying to me, ah, Mama, by the way, I'll say, tell my audience, you're kind of like a second son to me, and you call me Mama. What a great honor that is for me, Edward. Well, I love you. Well, thank you. I love you back. And But you are one of the most creative people. Uh, you're so creative in, in the cooking industry. You create your own dishes that you make. So, mm-hmm. so all many, of them. All of them, yes. And... But you're creative in anything you do. You have as many characters as I've played in the theater over my lifetime. You have those inside of you. Wow, thank you. So, and I get calls sometimes from the most wonderful people that have me in stitches, and it's always Edward or Freddie. You're so creative. You're creative, and it doesn't surprise me you taught yourself to to do all the little things you need to do to fly fish. I'd have it hung on my britches trying to get it over my head. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to say I've never done that. <laughs> but anyway, it's a time for you to regroup. It is. It's like a it's like a locked door. I'm sure it is. And you share it with the other you almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can see my granddaddy was a twin. 
And I, there's just, and I've seen programs, I've read books on the connection between twins. You mm-hmm. know, you live together for nine months, for heaven's sakes. Yep. So that makes it a very special bond, I would I would imagine. It is. Uh, and it's it's funny, too, because the older we get, the less common interests we mm-hmm. have. So mm-hmm. we've we end up, it's probably a subconscious thing where we kind of look for things that that we really enjoy, and then I'll call and I'll say, hey, man, why don't you check out, you know. I've seen some of your posts on social media, <laughs> some of your posts and stuff, and you'll say something like that to your brother, I think. Oh, here we go again, this twin thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, but anyway, you also kayak. I do. I uh, do. Those are two things. You like the river. I love it. I love There's something the about the water. The peace of the water, I guess, is what, yeah. it, 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 you know. Yeah. And it's it's funny too at the at the restaurant when I start getting a little bit stressed out or they can always tell when I'm getting a little bit distracted <laughs> and Pam can of course especially tell we've been together for a while but I'll tell them all I all I need to do today is get waist deep and they know exactly what I'm talking about I just got to get waist deep yeah I know what you're <clears> talking about too I got to be standing in that cold yeah, water talking to God uh huh <clears throat> that's our um my brother Paul and I call it our church okay. All right. So we I'm standing uh, waist deep in the water having church. Yeah, talking to God. Yep. And I do. We we sure when we both do. do. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've heard people say that about things as like being on a golf course. Mhm. You know, and and I certainly think you can worship God and talk to God anywhere. I do too. Uh, I think he wants us to be together in churches with with people of like mind. But I think you can talk to God and worship him anywhere. And I know that those those are uh, revitalizing you in many ways when you're mm-hmm. able to, to have hobbies. But I know how hard you work, how creative you are, uh, Edward. And don't ever deny the fact that God blessed you with creativity because it shows in your food, if nowhere else. Thank you. In the, the, the you. dishes that you come up with. Uh, and I know I'm not supposed to... Uh, um, go out here and say, y'all need to go eat at the Foglight Food House in Wallington, Tennessee. Ooh, can I do that? But I just did it. <laughs> and so uh, it, you, you, it's very eclectic, but then you're that way, eclectic. If you don't know what that means, as my English teachers always told me, go look it up. Eclectic. <laughs> um, your dishes are, are really, really fantastic. Nowhere else. And don't go if you think you're going to a fast food joint because that is not what this is. Well, and you know, conveniently, there is fast food 30 miles north <laughs> or south of the fog light. That's right. But it is it is an experience. It is an adventure to eat uh, at your place. First of all, it's in the woods. You can see, you can even eat on the balcony and see the, the Caney Fork. I bet it's up high these days with all the rain we've had. It's really high. They, I, they've I, issued I, a dam warning. The oh, dam really? is at full capacity. Oh, wow. And there's more water, and they can't open any more gates. Uh-oh. So it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy. But anyway, and you have special events. The, the You have a Power Burgers. Is that what you call them? The Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Powerhouse Burger. Burger. On Wednesday and Thursday nights, and that's yeah. new. I haven't had the opportunity to come over there. I'm usually doing something else on Wednesday and Thursday nights. But anyway, uh, hamburgers, um, what is it you had last night? This cracked me up. Just g- <laughs> give me the name. The uh, Can I give it a little bit of a background first? Sure. We didn't – I went for years and did not want to have a burger for dinner uh-huh. but because that's not that's not what we do. We do fresh salmon, Chilean sea bass. Shrimp, lump crab, you know, hand cut steaks. We are, Yum. we are a it's finer, 
We're getting a, close to dinner time now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just just doing my job, ma'am. Just doing your job. Okay. We are a finer. We're a finer restaurant, but we're not fine dining. It's very like like you. It's it's rustic. It's quaint. It's cozy. It's a little. It has colanders for those of us mamas who know what a colander is. What you drain your sketty in, you know, your noodles. Sketty noodles. Sketty noodles. Yeah. Exactly. You know it. It. You have colanders as life fixtures. Mm-hmm. I just think it's the coolest. Yeah, I bought those at Big Lots. <laughs> I bought the colanders at Big Lots and turned them into lights. And turned them into lights, I know. But um, but no, I didn't want to be. I didn't. I didn't want to be known as as a burger place. And mm-hmm. burger places are great if it's a burger place. All right. So I started thinking about man, how do we do? How can we be? A, how can we mainstream something without becoming mainstream? So I thought, well, gosh, we'll do. It. Everybody likes a burger. So we took. Uh, we used ground ribeye, filet mignon, and sirloin. Oh, what and a ground, shame! And ground pork. Yeah, it's a, it's not a – and I don't like calling it – it's not a burger. It's an event. <laughs> it's so, an event. That's so cheesy. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, but it's like uh, – it's a steak sandwich more mm-hmm. than it is anything. Last night's was – it really was kind of funny. We're doing it again tonight, right. and it was wildly popular last night. It was a chicken fried powerhouse burger. We took a one of those big patties of the ribeye and sirloin and filet and all that. Um, we've got our own seasoning blend, use the same seasoning blend for 20 years. Um, and we made a buttermilk batter and fried it in peanut oil and good grief. <laughs> and it had, uh, what was it? It had some kind of a, of a sauce on it. A, a raspberry. Reserve or something like that. Raspberry reduction sauce. That's right. That's right. And it was cooked down with sherry in it. So, it, you know, you got to put, what's better than booze and cooking? <laughs> More booze. <laughs> the more booze, the tastier the dish. <laughs> but it had uh, it had Swiss cheese melted on top, and it had these these um, uh, real thin, uh, thinly sliced fried onions mm-hmm. with a. Uh, I learned a new word the other day with a gossamer, a gossamer breading, <laughs> thin and thin and delicate. Oh, there you go, gossamer, <laughs> thin and delicate. Gossamer huh? breading. There you but go. But it's just it's just buttermilk, buttermilk batter. Uh, fried in peanut oil, and the batter's thin, so it's you know you're, mm-hmm. you're still eating a burger. But they're very creative burgers. Everyone, they're not even burgers. Sandwiches. They're very creative sandwiches. You've done very well, very successful. And there's a special little place, and you have to kind of look for it where you honor your mother. And you, ooh, as a mama, it gets to me every time yeah. I'm over there. You have a picture of your mother, and I'm sure Jill would, her heart would. Just be full Thank and you. overflowing, but it, it's um, uh, you've been very uh, precious in showing your uh, love and and well, I can't find the word I won't. It's just very special, the special little corner where Jill is is identified and um, she's there with you. Yeah, every day. Yeah, the picture that you're talking about has got a. It's a little thing that she put together while she was I mean, she was on her deathbed. And she mm. put these things so that everybody could have one. And it's this little poem, and I don't remember it because it's it's long and it's strangely written, and I don't I don't have a much of a memory. But it basically, I do remember it said something. I mean, it was pretty, but I'm mm-hmm. my speech isn't, so I'm just going to be crude. It said, you know, basically, don't cry uh, when I'm gone. Don't cry. Just and it's you know something to the effect of go on and do all things the same. You know, mm-hmm. not really in my memory or in yeah, my honor right. because that she wouldn't like that. Um, but that's what I try to do. Well, it's very indiscreet. I mean, you've got to be looking around to see it. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a roll of silverware yep. in a napkin that's that's yes, sitting in front is. of it. So she's kind of looking, she's checking us out, checking you out, man, making sure that checking about done. those burgers. Yep.
Edward, thank you for sharing uh, some moments of, of tenderness with us about your sweet mother and what you are achieving um, in your life. Thank you again, Edward. Appreciate you coming, buddy. I know you're busy. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye, folks. See you next time.